Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Welcome, welcome, welcome back All my do-datters, future fathers, potential parents And everyone else tuning in to this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. As always, I am your host and the creator of the pod, Mo Green. Uh, thank you for joining me yet again for another episode. Uh, we are on episode 31, and this is week 37 of Dadding Hard for your boy. Um, we are wrapping up my daughter's ninth month, and uh, last week I went into a kind of a little bit of a deep dive on a solo episode, um, kind of hashing out all of the development um, that she's gone through over this last month because it's been kind of the most fast-paced developmental month to date. Um, but uh, we'll get into the rest, the end of the month, because there uh, there's some stuff that I missed and I want to touch on. Uh, you know, in this episode. But before we do that, as always, to join the Fatherhood Brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. Check out the Facebook, facebook.com slash dadhardpod and the website, wedadhard.com. Right now, we have just a running uh, playlist of all episodes of the podcast. So you can check it out. It goes from newest to oldest. So check that out. If you missed them, you want to catch up, you want to re-listen, you know, it's all there for you. One click, easy peasy. Um, So with no further ado, let's get into this week of dadding hard. Uh, We are still under quarantine and that has been tough as I have documented throughout the uh, the entire pandemic situation but um my daughter has also been developing at like a great pace you know she is about to be nine months old here in a couple of days and uh like i said last week i went into a deep dive about those developmental things that she's been going through uh but some of the other things that she has now made regularities in her life um are uh, the the main thing is like, you know, she's been clapping a lot, right? But now she started realizing that she can clap when she has things in her hands. And now her favorite thing to do is just clap those things together and bang them, make noise. I mean, I guess in general, her, uh, her favorite thing to do is just to make noise as much as she can and as loud as she can um so that kind of goes along right into that path and uh and that norm and and that phase of development that she's going through she's understanding sound you know whether it's coming from her voice or whether it's coming from her actually doing things um but now her thing is to just clap things she takes two pieces of a wooden puzzle and just bangs them together like they're freaking symbols take a block and another block bang them together like it's freaking a cowbell um and she just goes after it she loves it she just loves making noise and then she looks at you like she's so proud of herself she's like hey look at me i'm making noise i'm doing it all myself smile clap say yay for me um and meanwhile me and my wife have horrifying headaches popping advil by the dozens just to get the ringing out of our ears um uh, that's a joke but seriously uh the other thing is she's like climbing over everything she's just in this phase of exploration like i mentioned last week and she just wants to climb on top of things she sees something popped up over the ground whether it's me with whether it's my wife, whether it's an activity uh, block or cube that she has, and she just wants to climb over it. It's like a demolition derby for her. Uh, she just wants to get over everything, get as high as she can, and then get over it. Um, and that's a, that gets a little dangerous because we're so worried that she's going to like get up on something and then kind of fall flat on her face. And obviously, that's petrifying as a parent. Um, actually, this before I, I I did the pod, we actually no, noticed when we woke her up from her first nap today that she had her first like scrape uh like under her chin no idea how she did it 
who knows she didn't seem phased by it uh but it's crazy you see you see for the first time your your child has like a bloody scrape under her skin or top of her pajamas had like drops of blood on it we were like freaking out like what the hell did you do what's going on are you okay and she was just happy as a clam she's like yeah so and what i'm telling you she is she's like running her own demolition derbies over here um and uh the other thing that that has really become a norm is and i guess it's because we started feeding her more and more solid foods less and less mush right is that she is dropping real log poops like real like logs like logs balls hard it, and it and it looks like she when she's pooping it looks like she's like struggling to get it out because it's now like hard and shit um no pun intended but they're coming out in like real human logs like consistently um it is disgusting and hilarious to to open up the diaper and just see this like ball of freaking baby poop uh just sitting in the diaper uh it is gross when you first see it it smells really bad but like it's hilarious because this little thing that was just getting out mush all the time now is like throwing out these chunks it's anyway not gonna go too deep into that but that is like a norm um right now makes cleanup a little bit easier i guess uh but a lot more smelly um you know the uh the the setback, I guess, or the one setback that, that we've started recognizing over these last couple of weeks is that in this eighth, ninth month, um, they're developing at such a rapid pace. They're going through these leaps where their mind is just constantly racing. And one of the things that go along with that that we're realizing is um, it's kind of like a second run of uh, sleep regression. Uh, you know, pretty much every night for the last two weeks, she's been, she wakes up at least once a night and we have no idea why it's not hungry sometimes it's like 30 minutes after she goes down sometimes it's four o'clock in the morning uh no rhyme or reason and what we kind of think is going on is that she's having this separation anxiety from us um which probably isn't the best thing in the world that she's at home with with both parents uh in quarantine because now she's getting used to both of us being around but it's like she wakes up in the middle of the night realizes that she's by herself and then freaks out and like all she wants to do is kind of be held because once you put her in her arms boom she's right back down and asleep and then she's a perfect little angel and it's all good and and she goes back to sleep by herself most of the time for the rest of the night um but it's really wild she just wakes up in hysterics for no rhyme or reason we have no idea why um and then you know sometimes when we try to put her back down by herself she starts freaking out again and getting all hysterical cry like literal crying tears um and it's just been uh that's been an interesting situation to go through because you know it's been like three months of a great run of sleeping straight through the night but now she just is it's like at least once a night um she's she's been just popping up and not just like i can't go back to sleep but it's like i'm hysterically crying and i need mommy or daddy to come and hold me to get back into sleep mode um so that's been a little bit difficult especially when it hits at 4 a.m and then she still wakes up at 7 um or even worse wakes up at 6 30 um so that's that's a little bit of a been a rough patch in in the developmental process it's 100 percent normal we've been reading about it and stuff and and finding that it's just that's just what happens it's because they do go through the separation anxiety they do want to be more connected to mom and dad at this point once again um and they're kind of realizing that there can be this separation um and they just don't want to be by themselves at, at this time um so we'll see how that continues to to go and and if she gets over it and, and starts sleeping back through the night i pray to freaking christ that she does um but uh we'll we'll see and when we'll get through it um uh, the last thing that uh, my wife actually mentioned to me the, the other day that that she thought that that was a new development is when she's in the bath um she kind of finally understands that she's in water and kind of what water is i think that previously she um just thought of it as a process and something that she did was taking a bath and i don't think she recognized the difference between 
anything else and and water but now like my wife and i have started actually taking baths with her um and stuff and she like looks at the water and like will dip her hand in or like splash the top of it to see what happens um and it's like she's she's noticing that something is dip, different in the feeling around her body and she's like exploring that um a little bit more uh and it, it's like she's like recognizing kind of what water is for the first time and that's really cool you know like i always say anytime you're watching them find new things and discover new things and go through new stuff it's a super super surreal experience and it's awesome and this water thing has been really cool i actually noticed it last night when i was taking a bath with her and she's like splashing the top of the water and then dipping her hand deep into the water and and you know she wants to put her push her face in and she you know you put her on her back and let her float and stuff and she kind of is realizing and recognizing these different sensations and exploring what those are um so that's been it's been freaking cool. This has been a really a really 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 cool month. Um, this you know I can't believe she's about to be nine months. It's freaking crazy. Um, but this has definitely been the coolest and um, you know most fun month with her because it's really you're really able to interact with her. She's able to interact with things, uh, and it's just really cool. So you know that is that's kind of the end of month nine in a nutshell next time we next time we talk she'll be done with her ninth month and kind of on her way to a year jesus christmas trees can't believe that's about to happen but anyway that's that's what it is you know week 30 week 37 uh it's a lot of making noise it's recognizing water and it's full-fledged log pooping uh so dads out there new dads that's what you got to look forward to Godspeed and good luck. Um, that's all for this part. We're going to jump into the musical break now and then uh, obviously jump into the guest segment of the show. Uh, I got a uh, really cool and, and definitely a very unique guest on the show, uh, my guy Hardy Brooklyn. Um, he's got a very interesting story and uh, I'll kind of let him tell you that for, for himself and, and, and dive into it. I won't spoil any of it for uh, for anybody. So we're going to jump into the musical break and I will catch you on the other side. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, uh, uh This is 10 seconds till blast off I was broke, had to fix that, so I took the cast off No miss to fix it, patiently awaiting a lottery to punch my ticket Stuck in a rut with nothing but wishing Smoking heavy bud, pipe dream fishing Lady Luck wouldn't call me back, a diamond in the rough Now they call me that, one thing you can never call me swag you make it through the jungle with an army? Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ha. Remember the sandbox, little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap, and Doc was more like Benny the Jet, no handy but yet. Pops tell us to drink up, like this will put some hair in your chest. That was before we knew how to stare at some press. And we are back with this week's episode of Dad Heart with a podcast. And as always, you know, once that music break hits, it is time to jump into the guest segment of the show. And as always, also, I have a very special guest this week. Um, similar to my guest a few weeks ago, Raphael Harry. Um, I met this guy at a podcasters networking event um and we just kind of hit it off his story was super unique his background is super unique all the different things that he's involved in and has his hands in uh all while having kids is i thought was just super awesome he was pretty pumped about coming on the show so we reached out made it happen um i wish it was in person but given this quarantine life we're on the phone. So with no further ado, let me introduce my guy, Hardy Brooklyn. How are you, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing what I can while, while in quarantine, bro. How's everything on your side? 
Good, I'm staying safe, and I am fortunate to have older kids, so I get to bike right to the beach to share, stare into the ocean every day to de-stress. Oh my God, you are so lucky. I actually, I started taking my daughter, uh, I found this like little quiet park that overlooks the Statue of Liberty, so like I tried to take my daughter out, who's only about nine months old now, um, out to that park and teach her about the originator of social distance, the Statue of Liberty, because <laughs> <laughs> you it, it, it like the Statue of Liberty sitting on its own island right now just resonates so hard to me with this whole social distancing thing because she literally is the is the original social distancer. Uh, it's it's pretty hilarious, but um, but no man, that's great that you that number one that you don't have to deal with having your kids in the house with you during this whole oh, I thing. I, 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 have a, I have a teenager that is homeschooling his senior year for ho- college. Oh my God. How's that going? It's been different. My other, my older son is away at school and he's still away because his job is a critical job. Okay. Um, he is a bike repair person. Gotcha. And my other son that's home is basically trying to do his last semester of high school and college orientation oh in a God. whole new format that everybody's new to. Oh my God. How, how are they doing college orientation via, what are they doing via Zoom? Yep. Oh my God. What, how, what is that like? I, like how can you even do college orientation without being there? Um, it was weird. Okay. And I think they're planning on bringing the students up early if they're allowed to open. Okay. To do an extended, like, refresher class and some other things. I mean, the the New York University system is pretty good as far as looking out for the education. And even my other son that's been distance learning, he's at Buffalo. Okay. And it's, it's been an interesting experience for him. Yeah, I'm sure. To do the distance learning. But they're doing, from what he said, a pretty good job of it. He just doesn't think it would be great to start college that way. Yeah, that has has to be so difficult, man. Like, I feel like my anxiety, if I had to start college, like, doing, like, uh, you know, homeschool classes, like, I would be, my anxiety would be, like, through the roof on on that thing, like doing that like i would not be able to like buckle down and and be able to do that is there a chance that your younger son is going to have to start college from home yep wow is he i mean is he taking that in stride or is he just, or is he kind of freaking out about that a little bit uh i think it hasn't really hit him yet i think okay. he's internally not happy sure i think he was looking for a change of pace uh, uh, the lifestyle Absolutely. That's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. I have, my wife has a cousin who is, who's in her second year of college and her college is not doing the best job apparently of like distance learning. Um, and I just feel bad. For, I just feel so bad for these kids, especially like college age and stuff like that, that have to do this and are not getting that full college experience. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's gotta be a tough thing. Tough for the kids, tough for the parents to deal with. I'm sure it's tough for the professors and teachers to deal with too. But you know, the kids, I, I feel, te- I feel terrible for them that, that they're not able to get that full experience at this point in time right now. Um, but your other son, his Buffalo still open, still running. They're just doing classes via video from their dorms or whatever. No, they're not. They're doing, oh. They sent all the kids home. That's wild. And he just stole, decided to stay up there because he had the job. Yeah, he has a job and he lives off campus. Cool. And, you know, I mean, if he went home, he wouldn't have that job moving back. And right. I mean, I, I just. And I have, I have friends that are having trouble getting, that still haven't gotten home, that still yeah. haven't been allowed back in this country. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's a tough time, but you know what? Let's move on to better, bigger, better things. Let's not get, get, get buckled down by, uh, by this quarantine talk because I feel like there's enough of that all over everywhere that you look. Um, and let's talk about this beautiful thing called fatherhood because you, your story when we when we met was I just found it so unique and everything that you were involved in is so much different than anybody that I know. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I was really excited to, to to get you on here and and talk about that for a little bit. Now, when I say that, what I mean to the people out there listening is that like you started your own tech company or, or you had it or you worked in tech and then you kind of made this 
crazy swerve from uh, when you look at it from the outside of, of, you know, working in tech to get involved in this underground adult art world. Let's call it that for, for, for the time being. Um, if there's a better name, please jump in for it. But, and you made that, you made a, a swerve into that life and to that, that world. How did that come about? How did you decide to just do that and put yourself out there like that? Because from what I understand, from what you told me, like you are a live artist, like a living artist for, for the lack of a better term. Um, how did you, that even come about? How'd you get involved with something like that? So I, I think one of the things that happened in my life is I was fortunate enough when I was a dad to have my grandmother live very close to my house. And she really liked my kids and allowed well, me good. and my wife to still go out and have some kind of a normal life because we had, we had, Somebody to watch the kids a little bit of the time. For sure. You know, and it wasn't like it was a stranger. It was somebody that would just pop over and be like, oh, you guys want to go away for the weekend? I'll take the kids. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it was somebody that the kids really liked and respected, which really helps. Right. Uh, and I think that being someone that was in business and technology consulting and in that didn't think socially the same way as my customers. Sure. Had caused my business to divert, and instead of doing more of the RJ on Nabisco's, the Coca Colas of the world, the big conglomerates of the world, I started doing more technology and business consulting in the music festival arena, music gotcha. venue arena. Gotcha. So I started transitioning my client base to look at like working with more artists and more smaller alternative businesses. And one of the things that happened was I had gotten a couple of customers that came to me and said, hey, we throw these parties in New York, but they're not like, they're legal parties from the extent of how the party functions, but because of the way that the construct of society looks at them, they're not legal. And we have been operating under the radar, we don't have insurance, and we want to kind of like make this something because... Society's changing a little bit, and we, we want to make them legitimate. Gotcha. So these were people that put on adult-themed parties, whether they were swinger parties where you randomly went to swing and hook up, or whether they were BDSM fetish play parties. It didn't really matter what the content of the party was. It was how were we structuring the, the, the business, the event, to make it so that it was legal so that we can get insurance and that if the cops came, they wouldn't shut us down. And in working with those people and in that world more, it made me realize that I felt my calling in the world was to allow people to open themselves up. Interesting. Allow people to be their true self who they want to be. A lot of what I do, and I look back to what I was doing in the other businesses that I was involved in, and the core service that I was providing is I was giving my customers a way to live their life the way they wanted to live their life. Right. Whether it was cutting-edge remote access, whether it was remote call centers, so that they can have their employees work from home and they don't need a big office. Whether it was doing all of these types of projects that I looked at, they were always to improve the quality of life of someone or bring their life to where they wanted to get their life to. Right. And as Hardy, that's really what I try to do. And that's what I really try to instill in my children that, one of the most important things in life is to live your life the way that you want it to be. And there's, it's okay as long as you don't harm someone else. Right. Or harm someone without consent. 
So that was actually uh, that you you already beat me to the punch with that one because I that that's such an interesting world to be involved in in general. You know what I mean? Like 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 you said, it's a little bit outside the social normality construct that we live in. You know, and most people all think like, oh, that's so weird. It's this, this, that. You know, and, and look down on that world and on on that atmosphere that you're walking into um but as a parent i would assume that you know that would be for most people i guess also would there would be a weird thing to you know uh talk to your kids about and and tell your kids that you're involved with were you open with them about getting involved in in that world do they did they know full-fledged what you did and and who you were working with and and all that stuff and then i i know you got deeper involved in in that world so we'll get into that in a second but how did that uh, you know affect your kids how was that conversation um having with them or was it perfectly fine because you had kind of just always had that do what you want, do what you feel, live free attitude when it came to fatherhood? I think because we went to so many music festivals and we were traveling to Europe so much, Mm -hmm. it was a lot easier for them to grasp. Gotcha. Um, And I do think it was a lot easier for them to grasp as people, as children that have been overseas and been exposed to non-American sanitized life. Mm Mm-hmm. And my kids were older. Right. So it's also a lot easier to have a conversation with somebody that's in junior high school and high school that's also going through and be educated on some of these things at the same time. However, I feel like that age would actually be more of a weird conversation to have or more have a bigger effect on a, a kid of that age to be like, well, my dad's involved in these underground swinger parties. Like what the hell is going on? You know, I feel like that would be a, like a kind of mind blowing thing to find out that your dad is involved in, uh, especially at that high school age, because they're starting to understand what that lifestyle is. And they're tr- starting to understand sex a little bit more and drugs a little bit more and probably experimenting with both themselves, you know? Um, so I, I, it, it seems like they didn't act that way when when you broke it down for them like that. I, I don't think that it was broke. I mean, I think that it was more of just like, hey, this is something that dad's doing. Gotcha. And we know that a lot of people in society don't like it, but everybody is different. And I don't, we didn't really have that discussion per se. It's just something that kind of naturally transitioned through life through time and you know they don't like some things I do they like some things I do gotcha and that's life gotcha so now so now continuing on that on that story um, from just having them as clients you actually started participating as a human art piece if and correct me if I'm wrong but like yeah, and you kind of blew up doing this in that in that world. You started kind of doing physical body painting and and being a part of the artwork in these parties or events, etc. How did that happen? So what ended up happening was because I was doing, I would like to go to a lot of parties, and because of who Hardy had become and the way that society reacted to Hardy or the construct of society. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to do things that pushed the limits even further. Interesting. So let's say like during the day, I was working a body painting party. And at night, that happened to be some kind of other party. And I didn't have time to go home and change. So I would just show up from one to the next in in the same naked body painted motif. And I was questioned. But ultimately they started accepting me and it has gotten to the point where sometimes they send an artist to paint me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <depending> <laughs> on the event because what Hardy does, and a lot of it has to do with my mannerisms, my personality, I've been told. What Hardy does is he brings a level of comfort. So I'll be painted in a unique or interesting theme that somebody involved in the event wants to convey that maybe isn't the same as the event underlies so like I've been painted like things like to save nature gotcha and then go to a fetish party 
That's uh, that's a great way to show up to a fetish party, I'll tell you that much. So it's, it's contradictory sometimes to the world, but it also allows the world to speak up. And since it's mostly harmless, and it's really fun, I mean, it, when people start painting me at, let's say, a birthday party or a smaller event where multiple people are doing it, watching what they create as people and individuals really surprises me because I become the conduit for them to create something really interesting and different. Yeah, and and, and, and I'm sure I'm sure using you as a easel or a canvas where you can actually be a life having being really probably brings these people's art to life. And it also connects them. Yep. A, I'm really a conduit to connect them to each other, not me. I'm there as basically a piece of, piece of furniture that they're going to use to basically open up and improve their communication with each other. Interesting. That's, I mean, it's, it's, that's really, it's a really cool transition that you've made there and that you have the freedom of thinking to be able to just like openly be a part of that and do that type of stuff. I don't know if I could ever do it. I'm a pretty free dude, but like, I don't know if I could ever get down like that and have that people just paint me as purple leopards or whatever you know when that transition was made and you started becoming an actual part of these events did that change the view of of your of your kids and your involvement with it um has the way you you handle parenting and handle fatherhood versus the or the way that your kids view you as a dad or interact with you has that changed at all or is they just like it's same that's that's dad that's 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 my guy. That's, that he's just being that, him. That, that, that dad. Yeah. That really, we haven't really changed anything. My my home life is very calm, very non-eventful. Gotcha. Which um. <laughs> seems it's, I, mean, but that, I, I I can't believe. I mean, you know what? I can actually dig that from from meeting you. You do seem like a very like calm, subdued guy but when you like look at your instagram and you see like all of these body painting things that you've been done all these parties that you're at i would think that that you would be a little bit more on the wilder side even at home but um i guess that's the difference between the man and the hardy it's not it's not the difference it's there are in life, there are appropriate ways to act in every situation and there are situations like that you should not act in certain ways and that's one of the things that I try to do when I'm out at events is try to let people know that, like, hey, you're not acting appropriately at Mike's event because Mike doesn't want to say anything to you because he still wants your money and your drink money and all that. But, you know, it, it would be a lot better if you didn't do these things, you know. Sure. And a lot of people, and a lot of promoters like that. A lot of promoters will come to me and say, hey, can you talk to this person for me? Oh, Really? They have yeah. you kind of be the mediator. Well, it's not really a mediator. It's, hey, you are somebody they're not going to react negatively to. Gotcha. 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 You, you have a, you have the, you have the, the, the personality to kind of keep the situation calm and just kind of relay the, the info that they need, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and not have her come in a relay mission like, hey, I don't want Mike to get mad at you. Right, for sure. To get mad at you. Right, for sure. And for it's sure. really working, and, it, and, it, and what it does is, it's also being able to work the room. So what I'm actually doing when I'm working one of these events is I'm not only the artwork, I'm also helping security out, I'm also helping logistics out, I'm also making sure that everything that's going on at this event is being watched from the point of view of Cardi Brooklyn and making sure that people are happy. Gotcha. Of course, of course, because now you're you have you have to worry about all of that. You know what I mean? Um, that's so it's so interesting, man. It's it's such a like I keep going coming back to the same word, but it's such a unique lifestyle to live that you just don't and unique in the way that. You just don't meet somebody like you every day that I've had the pleasure of doing at the, a few weeks ago um, that that can tell these types of stories and 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 talk about this underground world that that's just going on out there and uh, under the constructs of society. You know, um, do you think that that being involved in that world has 
changed your perspective on being a dad at all? You know, I know you said that you were, you know, you always wanted to push your kids to to do what they want and be free, et cetera. And it seems like you've just always been kind of a free spirit in general. Um, but has this changed the way that you look at fatherhood, changed the way that you've, you know, developed as a father at all? Or was this just always every has has that aspect of of your life not changed at all every action that you have in your life changes you and if it doesn't you're a really weird person (laughs) um um, or a really stern person um it has changed it i mean i do react uh, like my son wanted to get a tattoo, and for me, it was a no-brainer. I literally got on a plane, flew up to Toronto, met him there, and went with him to get the tattoo. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it makes, it also... I mean, but how could you not support that? You know what I mean? You're at all these sh- you're at all these events getting body painted, and your son wants to get a permanent body paint. You know, you kind of got, it's kind of the same thing. You kind of got to be supportive in that sense. Right, but I didn't have to go fly up there. No, and, that's you know, true. Do the whole thing with him. That's true. Um, Listen, I got my far, first tattoo. I have them on my arms. My mom thought I slipped my wrists. I woke up the next morning, my my with bloody bandages around my arms. She thought I tried to c- kill myself. Uh, that was not a fun conversation to have with her because when I told her it was just a tattoo, she goes, "That's even worse." She was so mad. So you know, having you as a dad during that period. During that time, for me, probably would have been a little smoother conversation. So your son is very lucky. Did you get one also? No, no. I need to have tattoo freeze. And, and <laughs> oh, that's one right. One of the things that I think has helped is I've stayed connected with my older son, and I do things with my younger son. I, when they were younger, like me and my older son also rep soccer together. So we also do constantly interact as a family. I spend a lot of time with my kids in comparison to the amount of time that I spend at work. So like I'm usually home when my son gets home from school and things like that. I go to school meetings, even my wife does too as well, but we're both very active and involved parents as well. And, And that, and I think that when you're honest and open with your children and when you look at life for what it is, and not the construct that you were taught or that you live under or that you're taught to believe is right. Because right now, what everybody believes is up in the air. Of course. It's right and wrong, who knows at this point. Of course. And when you're looking at somebody and you're saying that going to a swinger party is wrong, that's a judgment that you're making because somebody told you to make that judgment. When somebody says they like BDSM or fetish, you probably like that too, but you haven't been able to define that desire in your life because of the construct and all the shame that's associated with it around it. No, sure. For sure. And and that's a that's a great kind of that's a great way of thinking to instill on your on your kids, especially you, your kids are a little bit older. You know, your mind's only nine months. And we're not there yet in our relationship. You know what I mean? But like to have kids that that were going back to what you were saying, they're in junior high school, high school, to be able to be experiencing all of those events and meeting with those and. and mingling with those types of people and seeing that different aspect of the world, being involved in it, I'm sure that helped the range of education. I guess for lack of a better term, that you could instill in your kids because I'm sure it opened your eyes up to a lot of different things and experiences and types of people that you probably never experienced before or rarely experienced, if I may say. You know what I mean? And I think that's really cool. And it is very good for children and for people in general because one of the things that most of the time we are usually get angry when we get disappointed. We get mad when we get disappointed. When our expectations aren't met. So when when people in the world meet the people that are different, if their expectation of that person is not met, they'll get mad and they'll they'll get angry and then they'll go to what society constructs. Yep. And what their learned behavior is. Well, that society construct and their learned behavior is what makes them angry when they are disappointed. Correct. 
lot of that comes from the fact of people are not exposed to enough people that are not exactly like them. That's absolutely correct. And in history, when people get more integrated and more, whether it's gay, bi, trans, black, white, Asian, pink, purple, blue, brown, red, wood grain, it doesn't matter what it is. When you expose your children to more types of people and types of lifestyle, they get to grow up making better conscious decisions. 100%. Of what they want to do in their life. And they know what other things are out there so that things don't pop up. Like when you send your kids off to school and you keep them in the sheltered world, all of a sudden, like my son said, wow, everybody at college was so sheltered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. If your kid can tell you that, that he said that about the kids he goes to college with, you know that you did a good job as a dad and expose him to a, the wide range of things that other parents were not able or were not comfortable exposing their kids to. Um, what's the uh, what's the weirdest question that your kids ever asked about about these parties or what they do? I, they have to be they have to be curious about what's going on at these places and, and things that you've experienced. What was the weirdest question they ever asked you about it? Um, the weirdest question. Yeah, or wildest the question. What's the question, weirdest thing they wanted to know? Not like doesn't want to know anything about them. <laughs> Um, most of the questions that have come from my old day haven't really been weird. They've been mostly like logistical questions for my son. Just because of, I think it's from the fact that he's been to so many festivals and he's worked with me at the festivals growing up. And it's when, 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 they, when he thinks of an event and some people, when you think of an event, when you have different exposures to the event, sometimes you think of things differently, like, you know, how do you make that happen? How do you make that work? Interesting. You Interesting. know, what happens if somebody does something, you know? Gotcha. So they, so they never really, they never really wanted to know about the intricacies of, of what goes on at those parties. That was never really a of like questions that they were asking you. Cause that would be my first question right off the bat. I'd be like, yo, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen at one of these parties? You know what I mean? Like that would be the first it, like my dad hit me with that when I was in high school, that would be the first thing that I wanted to know is like, what's like the wildest thing that happened at these parties or what is something like that. They never asked you anything like that. No. And I think the difference is in today's day and age, they're seeing the Instagram pictures of the parties usually before they have the ability to see those pictures. I guess before that's true. I get home. Yeah. Social media. And, and the stuff that they're seeing on social media is way worse <laughs> because a lot of it's doctored, and what I'm, sure. what, what I'm seeing is real life, and it's not physically altered or modified. Sure, sure, sure. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Social media, it just, oh, God. I feel bad for kids these days that are just growing up in this social media world. It's going to fuck so many kids up, man. It really, really is. Yep. Oh, man. And you're still doing this, right? This is, this is what you, this is what you're I mean, I know, I'm sure now a lot of that stuff has kind of gotten paused because of the social distancing and everything like that. But that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing on a, on a regular basis. That is Hardy Brooklyn is, is rocking out at these parties, throwing the events, arting at these events, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, well I, also, I, I also do life coaching. That's during, right. You did tell me you started the, doing that. The, the parties are basically brand promotion stuff and they are also to allow people to experience different parts of life in a safe, comfortable environment of the parties that I throw that are non-judgmental. So if somebody wants to see if they're into fetish, if they're into BDSM, if they're into weed, if they're into whatever stuff that they're into, we're creating an environment where you can go experience what you want to experience in a safe, fun, variety show type of an environment. That's interesting. And any of these places, have you ever had, like, have you ever had first timers, like, come into these places that are so nervous about, like, what's going on? How do you, and, and if so, how do you kind of navigate them through that experience? So I'd say about 50% of our customers are first timers. Oh, interesting. We're more of a fun, college-esque slash adult desk party where you can go and visually experience things and you can go physically experience things 
but you also have people there that you can ask questions about oh. the different things. Oh, interesting. So the burlesque dancers are available to talk to the audience about how they got involved, what they're doing, how they keep in shape. All of those questions, what's their day job? All of those questions are allowed and encouraged between the performers and the audience. So it's giving people the ability to say, hey, so if I'm going to a burlesque show and this girl is stripping, wait, she happens to be the office manager for... I don't know. I don't want to say a real Coca-Cola. I, I, real I, I would hope that you wouldn't say a real Coca-Cola. Right. So a lot of these people that are doing the burlesque, they are real people that have really credible, reputable jobs, but have a, this is their creative outlet. Yeah, I dig that. And then after midnight, we get the, those burlesque performers, whatever they do, it's up to them. But we also have four three to four performers that are demonstrating different types of fetishes. Interesting. So whether that fetish is a BDSM fetish, whether that's a sensation fetish, whether that's a sensory deprivation fetish, but there's a demonstration that's going on and there's an education that's allowed to be after. And then we have places where you can experience the different things, you know, if you'd like to. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's an interesting thing to do. It's kind of like an introductory course into, you know, exploring what your fetish might be or what your, you know, what your preference might be within that world. And everybody that's entering any world, I recommend doing, whether you're entering a swinger world, a poker world, a scrapbooking event, a <laughs> group. Doesn't matter what event you're doing or what type of group you're entering. I really encourage people to go take boundary workshop classes. Interesting, because the problem that we have as a society is we don't have good boundaries. We don't have a way of communicating those boundaries, and we don't have a way of understanding when other people are putting a boundary up and not being nasty or mad or mean or condescending. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I've been doing is during this great time is I've been working with one of the larger online fetish kink alternative lifestyle dating sites to come up with and start doing a monthly workshop on their site, which will be like a live interactive webinar on boundaries and consent. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's it's really awesome that you're that you're so you're so full throttle into the education and informative side of these worlds or these different fetishes and experiences as well. I think that's super important um, to to get across to people instead of just, you know, this is the BDSM world, like, here you go, dive deep. You know, I, I think it's important to have this knowledge and understanding and be able to experience whilst also getting that knowledge and understanding. Um, it sounds really cool, man. Uh, now my next question is going to be, wh- when can I come to one of these things? When this thing is up, maybe I, I'm going to have to attend one of these one of these events that you throw. When we do not know, we were given some preliminary dates from the Department of Health of when we will be able to start up again. Cool. But they are far away. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sh- and this whole thing, everything is far away at this point. Um, it's it's all wild. Um, but Hardy, we're going to wrap up here in a second. Um, and, and this has been fantastic. Uh, I, I loved getting to, to, to know the more about this world and how you got involved and everything like that. Um, what I ask every guest when, before, before I let them roll out, uh, I, I ask them two questions. Every guest is the same too. So I'm going to throw them your way. Um, the first one is what has been your favorite experience or favorite thing about your fatherhood experience? So my favorite thing has been to actually travel the world with my kids and experience it as a father with my children and see how much they are amazed by things compared to us disgruntled adults. <laughs> it is really, it, it. you know what? I actually love that because not, I mean, we haven't traveled the world with my daughter yet, but just like walking down the street and seeing how amazed she is by things that I am not amazed by being a disgruntled adult is the best thing ever. So I, I love that answer. That's fantastic. Um, the last thing I ask is 
You're way ahead of me in this fatherhood thing, right? So what's the best piece of advice that you could give to a new young father trying to navigate their way through this wild road that we call parenting? So one of the things that I would definitely say as a father is that your child is a person too. And don't put your wishes, your desires, your constructs, your stuff, or or your parents, all that baggage that you want to give them, please don't give it to them. Let them them create their own baggage. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Um, That's awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for taking the time and and coming and doing this. With me, I know it's been a a while back and forth trying to get it going. uh, but I appreciate it, man, especially during these times. I think that talking about something other than the quarantine and the coronavirus is just so necessary and helpful. Um, and you taking such a lighthearted and free view on the world, I think, is uh, is a breath of fresh air. And fresh air is definitely something that we all need right now since we're inside all the time. So I appreciate it. I thank you for doing that. Um, anybody interested in... in finding your work or getting in touch with you, uh, potentially wanting to know more about these events whenever the hell they can start up. How can they find you? How can they get more info about it? The best way to keep getting in touch with me is go to hardybrooklyn.nyc, H-A-R-D-Y, like Hardy Boys, Brooklyn like the borough, .nyc. That's my website. You can sign up for my mailing list there. You can send me an email from there. Or you can follow me on Instagram, which is Hardybrooklyn.nyc. It's the same everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, .life, they're all the same. Awesome. And when you see, when you look at his Instagram and you see some of the art pieces that he's been a part of, it's actually pretty cool shit. So uh, definitely check that out. Hardy, thank you very much again for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. As always, to connect on the Fatherhood Brotherhood, shoot us an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. And check out the website, wedadhard.com. This episode will be top of the list. A big shout out to my man, Hardy Brooklyn. I appreciate him taking the time and, and talk about this different type of lifestyle that, that, that he's been involved in. I think it's, you know, this fatherhood experience, it, you know, it comes from all different angles. We all have different experiences and they all bring us full circle in the life of fatherhood. So thank you to Hardy Brooklyn. Uh, that's all for us this week. We will catch you again next week. Same dad hard time, same dad hard place. That's all. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Can't be that, man. You remember. And if not, need to rewind this.